Welcome to the Tokenet Podcast, the official podcast of the Tokusatsu Network. I'm your host, Editor-in-Chief Paula Gatos, and this episode is going to be pretty more phenomenal. (laughs) I know, I hate myself too. Um, So we're talking about the 2017 Power Rangers film reboot that premiered this past March. Yay! Yay. Uh, before I introduce who will be on the podcasting seats with me today, uh, I want to take this time to thank our ultra-level patron over on our Patreon page for helping make this episode possible. So, Ryugen Urubuchi, thank you very, very much for your support. Uh, if you would like, if you like what we do here at Tokenet, uh, from this podcast to our weekly news roundup on YouTube, where we round up all the best news. Uh, in the tokusatsu world uh, to our everyday quality tokusatsu news coverage and you want to help us keep doing what we're doing uh, you can head on over to our patreon page at patreon.com slash the tokunet some of our patreon rewards there include early access to podcast episodes like this our youtube videos some exclusive behind the scenes uh, blog posts from myself and a few more surprise rewards as we continue uh, reaching our different goals. So you're basically helping us keep our lights on and, you know, get us to do all the stuff like this podcast and a bunch of other coverage that you've come to expect from Team Tokenet. So thank you again to Ryugen Urubuchi and all our Patreon patrons for helping us be the best tokusatsu resource for old and new fans alike. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, so with me on this multicolored super sentai inspired panel uh is brian hi everyone george what's up and our regular podcast host and editor who i kicked out for today to host it it yes <laughs> i hate it when you do that <laughs> crap do i hate it when you do that That's I just, do it. oh <laughs> It's like whenever I try to listen to the podcast and I hear you do it, I'm just like, why? Come on. Trademark. Uh, also, for those who are listening right now, uh, number one, thank you. And number two, a fair warning to you, this podcast episode for the Power Rangers movie is not spoiler free. So if you still haven't seen it, Pause. just be warned. Get, get with it. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with you, man? Watch the movie. Uh... So yeah, so just a quick kind of uh, yes or no uh, question for everybody all around. Did you, what is your first impression? Did you like it? Did you not like it? What's up? Yes, did you, did you not like the movie? I liked it. I liked it a lot. Like any reservations to that like or just you just liked it? I mean, we'll get into it, but I mean, there's there's small things, but for the most part, I love the movie. All right. George? Uh, favorite movie ever. Um, it's not... Whoa. Yeah, it's not perfect, Whoa. but I, don't, I didn't need it to be perfect because it was very, very, very good. Mm. Brian, do you feel the same way? <clears throat> I'm not going to go on favorite movie level just yet, but oh, I loved it. Oh. Like okay. capital so L-O-V-E. I guess... <laughs> All caps. All caps. All Shouting caps it love. for the mountaintop. <laughs> <laughs> 
Boy, are we going to have an interesting conversation because I thought it was just okay. It was okay. (laughs) 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 To me, it was just okay. Um, And I 100% am going to fully admit right now the reason, like, the only reason why I think it's okay can honestly just be I'm old and grumpy and can see behind the scenes way too early. Like, you know? Might be too old, seen some things, done some things, and like it just, I'm just disillusioned for that whole thing. But I just thought it was okay. It had great moments to me. Overall, I thought it was okay. So this is going to be a very, very interesting conversation with y'all today. Gloves on real quick. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but I, I also before we get into the, uh, the nitty gritty on what we all thought about the movie, um, there was two big events that kind of led up to. Power Rangers uh, movie uh, premiere in mid-March because having the reboot was definitely a big freaking deal because it rebooted the original Mighty Morphin kind of storyline, so to speak. I don't know. I don't think they're going to connect it at all with the ongoing series like they've done um, with like the original 95 with the Tengu and directly with the Turbo movie. Um, But... According to like a variety article that I read recently that they actually have like they're they're preparing for like a six movie story arc just mm-hmm. in the movie universe. So it'll be really, really, really interesting um, to do that. So it's a really big deal that this movie came out in the first place. And so there was two and leading up to it, we saw hella marketing, just so much marketing to a point where as soon as I saw like Power Rangers Minecraft and Power Rangers Donuts <laughs> The the thing that I've been kind of saying under my breath for a while has been, Heim, say no. Say no to money. <laughs> just just a little bit. Just How? say no. Uh, I, I saw the dude wear gold shoes. I don't think he's ever going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, like I said, like the two things that kind of, the two big things that kind of led up to watching the, everybody watching a premiere weekend was, uh, one in Los Angeles at the Chinese theater, uh, the TCL Chinese theater, they had a screening of the original 1995 movie. And then later on during, I think it was the Thursday, it was a Tuesday or Thursday, um, premiere night also in Los Angeles, which you were there, Brian. Yeah. Which is super cool. Um, Absolutely. so I'm going to quickly, talk, cause I, I'm going to quickly talk about the 95 screening, uh, for me, just because I was there along with uh, Michael Mixon, uh, host of the 1986 cast, and also podcast person for Tokenet every once in a while. Um, so he oh, and I were there. <laughs> he and I were there uh, for the 95 movie, and it was a screen. It was a special screening through that had um, that had actors come in as a panel. So Johnny Young Bosch was there, David Yost was there, Steve Cardenas was there. Um, and also the second the the second unit director Jeff Pruitt was there, and so the cool thing about having Jeff Pruitt was there because that he had um, like a thirty minute video that showed all the behind the scenes some of some behind the scenes of all the stunts um, of the ninety five movie. So he even showed some of his like designs on how the suits can be made better. Um, where padding can be and they had old footage of originally before they had the concept of the ooze guys they were going to have the original 
monsters they were going to fight in that quarry area in the 1995 movie was giant rats. And he showed the footage of those giant rats and just how nobody can see out of those suits. Like they were just hitting like barrels and concrete just because they they can't see where they're landing. And you just saw (laughs) these like hard hits and Pruitt is like, you know, talking about it like 30 minute screening before that. Uh, before the actual movie itself, talking about it, and it was just like, ugh, you could fe- you could feel every every hard landing in those rat suits with like no padding, you know. Did, did just they like, explain ugh. what the rats were like? Why rats? I think uh, what I don't know if he said it directly. Actually, yeah, I actually don't remember um, if he said it directly because one of the things, but I'm assuming is that. And, a pro- and if we ever, ever get a hold of uh, Pruitt or anybody else, because Pruitt actually worked really closely with Kyochi Sakamoto on the actual series and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, he, I really would love to be able to interview him one day, just talk about all the stunts, working with stunts and Power Me Rangers. Too. Yeah, right? Um, but I, 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 what I'm assuming is that you know how ooze can probably has like all these superpowers one of them probably can be like oh hey there's a bunch of rats there and like ivan ooze monster grow rat maybe splinter (laughs) Uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe i honestly like i would love to have asked him if that was the reason um but yeah no he didn't i don't think he uh said anything about that but Mm -hmm. one of the biggest the biggest news that came out of that um was the the guy who hosted the series he's known as movie dude 18 his name is Corey. Corey with a k um he actually um fox has a screening restriction it's like if you're gonna show or screen anything in the theater it has to be the original film like it has to be in film rather than you can't just pop in a dvd or anything like that so that's fox screening restriction so what Corey did was actually get managed to get the 4k master somebody somebody found the original negatives of the 95 movie in their garage or something like that like just spot like some producer some director like one for someone who worked on the film found the negatives in the garage and they were able to make a 4k master which is like blu-ray quality 4k master Mm -hmm. or remaster of of the of the original movie and so we saw it in all its 4K glory. And as glossy as those CG, like, Zords are, and it's kind of like, oh boy, nine, like, 90s CGI, it was gorgeous. Holy crap, this movie is gorgeous. <laughs> like, like, I still love all the shots and, like, all the action sequences and stuff like that. It's still a lot of fun. And, which, and now that they have the 4K Master, a Blu-ray, though not guaranteed, is possible. So you gotta get it, man. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, if we keep poking at Shout or anybody who wants to release or the blue well, or no. Lionsgate, yeah. oh yeah, even Lionsgate. I don't Cause, know, maybe because Lionsgate does like I think the new seasons they actually are the ones who distribute it. Oh hey, and okay, yeah. Um, I've been wondering why they don't like do either the movies in Blu-ray or even the new shows. I don't understand why it's not in Blu-ray. So getting the Blu-ray yeah. of the movie would be amazing. Yeah, well, yeah. now that we know that, you know, it's possible, we can, we can definitely 
Definitely go. And I will bring this up when we start talking about to like what maybe could have been better with the new movie, but like I still think the ninety five movie morph is still the best morphing sequence to me. Like <laughs> it's, it's really just good. so visceral and good. It's it's with the also another thing I'm gonna bring up, with a lot of proper guitar sequences, like just to me like the Power Rangers orchestra and Wasserman and his best. It's just that guitar riff is so good. And which is, I'm really, really happy that I got to watch the 95 movie in this way before I got to see the, the, the 2017, which, so I can make that kind of comparison, which now that I think about it, like, it's probably the reason why I only think that the 2017 was like, okay. Did Wasserman like, do the music one. for the movie? Probably, probably not. I have to double check. Um, but it was, but it's like his, it's his original score. Like yeah. that, go go Power Rangers is his score, so right, I'm always right. gonna give that score. Like, thank you, Mr. Wasserman. You're 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 good at what you do. You're good <laughs> at those guitar riffs. <laughs> so so yeah, that was my experience. It was really fun. That that movie that that movie screening was like a lot a lot of fun, and we got yeah surprise from um you know Liu Kang, the actor who played Liu Kang at. Just suddenly showed up. Robin oh Shu was there, just there, just hanging out. Like before this, the before the premiere, they you could do like a meet and greet with David Yost and Stephen Cardenas, um, like just to take photos and stuff like that. If you paid like maybe if either you got there early or you paid like an extra like five bucks or ten bucks or something like that to get the meet and greet um, photo op and and stuff like that. And while we were while Michael and I were there. Um, we just came in it's like, hey, we're pressed. We'd like to cover the screening. They 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 kindly let us go and do all that. It's like in comes Corey, movie due eighteen, with Robin Shu, just walking in. I'm all like, why does he look familiar? And I looked at him closer. I'm like, oh my god, that's Luke Kang. <laughs> I'm standing right next to Luke Kang. What? Because he had a uh, uh, Pasadena. Pasadena, the area uh, is an area near where, I live, where close to where I live. Um, they're having a Fascina Film Fest, and one of his movies is going to be on there. It's very, very visceral, serious dot like m- movie uh, film about a tsunami in Indonesia. But mm-hmm. it's like really odd that they had like the Mortal Kombat like trailer and then Robin Shu's trailer, and I'm all like, this is this is tonally very different. But it was really interesting. It was a lot of. There's fun. always time to show a Mortal Kombat trailer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so so it was really fun um and if you guys want to read about that we actually did a brief coverage of that on our website so um brian you want to talk about what people might be waiting to hear about which how the how was the premiere <laughs> do i <laughs> you got it because okay. of power force right yeah yeah oh uh, can you briefly talk about what power force is in case for anybody who doesn't oh know? yeah yeah for sure uh, basically, Power Force is a bunch of people that do something within the fandom that Saban thinks is important. I mean, I do toy reviews. I don't know where that falls on the spectrum of importance. <laughs> but you've got people that run websites. You've got people that do uh, videos. You've got people that do reviews, etc., etc. So um, I was uh, involved in the second, quote, hiring, so to speak, uh, and originally you had to recruitment. submit an you could application. Say recruitment. There you go, recruitment. I like it. 
<laughs> the first batch you had to fill out an application and then they like sifted through the applications and picked a group of people. The second time the current power force got to nominate people. Mm-hmm. And uh I don't know if anyone else did, but uh I was nominated by uh Bruno from MMPR Toys. Uh, cuz we guy. talked a bunch cool. at that point and so he nominated me in and I got accepted and Power Force is kind of here or there. It uh it has <laughs> perks every now and then. But uh, th- this was definitely the like the culmination of Power Force perks. Like I don't think you could ever do anything bigger <laughs> or better than this. Now, like unfortunately, I had to like pay my own way and everything like that. They weren't that generous. I mean, yeah. But yeah. Uh, uh, I was very very fortunate that I have a family and friend group that are incredible people that uh, that helped me get there quick because we only had like a week and a half's notice. Yeah. <laughs> uh it was, it was brutal it was like all of a sudden you get an email it's like come to the hollywood premiere of the power rangers movie i'm like that sounds like the coolest thing ever and that's like i'm like oh that happens in 10 days okay uh <laughs> <laughs> well tax season's here i'm broke uh <laughs> but uh no th- thankfully I-, I was able to go but uh so that was that was probably the greatest email i'll probably ever get but uh yeah so it it all happened really really fast because not only were we invited last minute we all decided to go last minute uh we're all not in a financially wonderful place in this uh this fandom usually because we all either have families or buy toys so you know how it is (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i love how they're equal in terms of like how expensive they are well, yeah, oh, yeah, have a family. You're raising a human being to be a regular, <laughs> decent human being, or you have toys. Have you seen how much the Thunderbird costs? Yeah, I have. <laughs> I can attest to the latter, for real. Like, it's I true, also though. have a book habit, so having toys and like you know antique books is like kind of a problem. Yeah. So like my future nieces and nephews are just like shit out of luck. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> when you double stack hobbies, it starts getting really bad. <laughs> um. So, like, none of us could really afford to be there longer than we had to be. So, yeah. we, we flew in Wednesday morning. The premiere was Wednesday night, and then we left Thursday afternoon. So, uh, unfortunately, didn't get to do a whole lot while we were down there. But um, before the premiere, we got to have lunch with uh, Jason. I'm going to butcher his last name. B-Shop, I think. Uh, B-Shop? From Saman Brands. Yeah, B-Shop. Mm-hmm. He's, a really, he's a really, really good guy. Yeah, he's, he's the... Uh... He's awesome. Product man, something like that. I think so. I could look it up I'm quick, gonna, but no. Go ahead, keep talking, and I will <laughs> jump in when I have the correct information. Right. Uh, so we actually went to uh, In and Out and had lunch with him, uh, which was really cool because uh, Chris from Toku Nation uh, talks to him all the time, and they're they're pretty mm-hmm. good friends at this point. So I fi- I figured uh, it out. Uh, he is the director of global global consumer products for Saban Brands and Power Rangers. So he's important. the guy, yeah, so he's basically <laughs> the guy that you do want to talk to uh, when when they're talking about Power Force stuff, because that's, you know, all yeah. the merchandise and products that basically Saban stamp Power Rangers. Everything that I say to Saban just going, Haim, no, please stop <laughs> doing that. Jason's got a handle. He's got the good part of that job. <laughs> and it's just to stamp Power Rangers, like, on the really cool stuff. So that's, like, the figures and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. He does a terrific job at what he does. Yeah. Like he, he for knows sure. his and stuff. He loves it too. Like yeah, he, he loves, loves this franchise. And you could tell 
just talking mm-hmm. to him and his knowledge mm-hmm. of what everything is and what everything needs to do is is fantastic and so like he he talked to us about uh future plans and future ideas that may or may not take off the ground but um i mean next year is the 25th anniversary so they've got some huge plans for that that hopefully uh actually pan out because a lot of really cool things uh that he was talking about but uh, so we got to do that that was really fun we opted to do that instead of going to the lionsgate legacy wars game thing i think you chose correctly (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. We did for sure. Uh, so we got to do that. That was really fun. And then we haphazardly changed real quick and made our way down to the premiere. But uh, like that itself was just this incredibly surreal thing mm-hmm. uh, to be able to do. Because I mean, like I, I say this all the time, like I'm just a dude that does silly toy videos on YouTube. Like that's the culmination of my life right now. And <laughs> so to to be able to be invited to something like this and it, it like hits you right in the face when you're i mean we were in kind of like a little caged off area we were like a little zoo but <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were just standing there like watching all these actors and actresses and press and Haim Saban himself come by say hi to us shake our hands take pictures autographs and all that it just kind of hits you in the face like instantly it's yeah. like holy crap this is happening right now i'm here doing this why how did this happen and it was it was fantastic and i think honestly the best part of that entire experience was not only like just living it but to be able to share that energy with everyone else that was there and I mean, I talk to a good portion of the Power Force members uh, regularly on on Twitter and stuff, and some of them I talk to on the phone or text and all that stuff because we're good friends. And so to to have that connection there at that moment, where it just kind of hits everybody at the same time that this is something that's happening, this is what we're doing right now, this is incredible, like all at the same time, that connected energy was amazing, and uh, it it was just great to share that with with people that I'm really happy to call friends. And it was it was just a fun time, and then the movie was great, even though the seats were awful. But... <laughs> Where were you actually seated? Like, <laughs> oh, here's the best part. So the uh, the theater was like a left side, a right side, and a center, and then there was a, the uh, back balcony area and stuff too. Uh, they sat us in like the worst possible place you could seat someone for a film. They gave Power Force the first two rows on the left and right hand sides. So <laughs> we were in and this was a big screen, too. And so we were like right up there. And of course, I I had the best seat. I had the front row all the way to the left. It was oh. <laughs> it was the best. So I you saw everybody's feet like real well. <laughs> oh yeah yeah uh the ground uh, there was lots of shots of the ground uh that i was oh my uh, really god close and personal with uh the- I'll, I'll ask you like about this in the second when we talk about it but like man those shaky cam scenes oh in the god, beginning would have been uh they they were something they must have been a, yeah they must have been a joy um, uh, the, the the worst part was at the very beginning of the film when we see like the green ranger rita She's on the right-hand side of the screen. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, where's she at? <laughs> oh, 
Because I couldn't see like anything on that side of the screen. It was awful. Oh, but... Do you remember uh, which? Do you remember which venue it was? Like what the theater name was called? Um, I can find out super quick. Okay, because um, like something I'm trying to. I I think I've been to every major like theater in LA just because I freaking live here. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, if I'm if I'm imagining it to be, did it have a? It it was Westwood. Oh, you're in Westwood. Where the hell in Westwood? Westwood Village. Westwood Village. Oh, you were in that theater. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Then. <laughs> it's been yeah, it's been a while. I've been in that area. I went to I went to college around there, so it's like oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Um, but On the yeah, plus side, oh, they gave us popcorn okay. and pop. So, yay. <laughs> you say pop. <laughs> yeah, I do because I'm from Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, what? Because we saw some of your photos on your Twitter, and I'm like sitting, going, "I'm so jealous." Oh yeah, I was about to say, like living, like living vicariously through you was pretty awesome. Because yeah. you and the crew that you rolled with, like, rocked it. Because you guys had like oh God, color coordination going. You had the communicators going. It was pretty yeah. awesome. It was really one of those moments. Where I just wanted to like retweet everything, and I'm all like, "He's, he's part of Token Ad. He's the best person." Yay. we're cool too because we know him <laughs> yeah we we planned that for a while like once we all decided to go like first uh eric from uh, ranger command power hour and uh chris from token nation they decided to go initially and then i'm like well okay there's people going this has to happen <laughs> and so then i jumped in once i got the okay and then we peer pressured uh Hassan, another toy reviewer, to come mm-hmm. as well. And then uh, <laughs> we were like, we need a pink. <laughs> and so we got uh, Jay from Morphin Legacy to, to be our, our pink ranger. And awesome. so we, we just, we totally rocked it. It was great uh, and a, a fun time. And like, uh, Hassan made those ties. Did you see the, the ties with yeah. the Ruby logo on yeah. it? Yeah, he got a, a custom like shirt company to make those. That's awesome. And those were like the highlight. The actors were walking by, like, "Dude, that tie's dope." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "That was all him," and I would just point over to Hassan. It was great, uh, yeah. but yeah, it oh, was fantastic. It was fantastic to to say the very least. And the after so, party was freaking cool too. Do you have any favorite like memorable interactions? Because I know because we cover Morphicon and we go to you know, uh, we we run into these actors quite a lot on just mm-hmm. doing our regular con circuit coverage. Um, do you have, like, a favorite, like, probably funnest memory interacting with them at, like, a premiere setting? Because some of the old cast members were there. Oh, yeah. Um, the the two, fr- ironically enough, the two friendliest people there uh, were David Yost and RJ Seiler. So it must yeah. be a Blue Ranger The thing. Blues are, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, RJ yeah. was absolutely terrific. Uh, he is the nicest, so craziest happy. person. And we'll, we'll, we'll get to characters uh, later on in the movie. But uh, yeah, yeah, we can actually was, start. Yeah, we can start going into it now. Um, oh, that feels that's that's really good. And I remember David Yost. Well, speaking of how amazing David Yost is, just as an aside, David Yost is probably the most diplomatic straightforward nicest human being you could ever meet in terms of like cons and especially mm-hmm. with the power rangers cast like i remember because i was there when we were at the 95 premiere like i said he was there as part of like the speaker thing um we were wearing the i am 8-bit uh enamel pin so i was naturally wearing yellow because she's my girl 
and Michael was wearing blue. And so when we were like, you know, taking photos for social media and stuff like that, um, David Dios like stopped us before he took a photo, pointed to my uh, my pin and just looks at me and goes, nice. I'm all like, thanks. <laughs> and then he pointed and he pointed to Michael's like and when Michael's going to take a picture with them, he sees Michael. It looked like like actually points and pulls at the pin just to see that it's really his. And he looks at it and looks at Michael and goes, thank you. Because <laughs> he's wearing the Blue Ranger pin. I'm like, awesome. oh, he's, he's just the nicest. And yes, um, yes. a lot, and and we can start getting into. Um, actually, let's let's kind of like skip ahead and talk about what we love the most. Um, what we really liked about the 2017 film, um, and and tying this into my talk about David Yost, one of the things that he mentioned, even because I think the original cast was able to screen the film even before the premiere premiere, um, because he was talk or. I could be wrong, but he was talking about the film's diversity, and one of the things um, David Yost was talking about was that it had LGBTQI uh, uh, representation in, you know, Trini's character, and being for him being a gay man himself, and he's actually talked about briefly, really briefly, kind of how uncomfortable it was, and it wasn't him that talked about it. Jeff Pruitt actually was the one who mentioned it. Like a situation where producers had asked him, like, in, asked him what his sexuality was while they were filming the original show, and kind of just how uncomfortable that conversation was mm-hmm. of like everyone's trying to find out if David Yost is is gay during the show in kind of like a weird roundabout way instead of just like directly asking him or handling it in like in a normal mature way if that's what they wanted to do. Um, so taking the way that culture treated it like in the mid 90s versus to having an actual lgbtqi like person pos- like in the sh- in the movie even if it's like for a brief moment it's a good leap it's mm-hmm. a good step forward and and he acknowledged that while we were talking about it while he was talking about it uh during the 95 screening and was just like yay I really love the way this cast is because one of the biggest thing, what I love about the movie itself, the 2017 movie is it's cast. It had a fantastic cast. I love them all. And yeah, cool. George would do like, you totally agree with me. Absolutely. They were my, the movie wouldn't have been half as good to me without them. Mm-hmm. So what did you, what was it about the cast that you liked so much about the movie? Um, I really felt like they embodied the characters perfectly. Um, mm. With me, when I watch superhero movies or a lot of movies in general, I'm often really, really aware that I'm watching a manufactured product, that these people are playing characters, you know, that I'm aware that I'm watching a movie. But with Power Rangers, I, I totally sank into the world. I bought all of the characters who they were supposed to be, all of their like idiosyncrasies, their nuances, everything. Like They were the characters to me, and I was... For like the two hours and however long it was, I was in that world. Yeah, I, I agree that like, because leading up to the movie, I watched a lot of uh, interviews and you know the press junkets and all that stuff on mm. the actors. They they really push those press junkets. Holy crap! Yeah, especially on Snapchat. Especially on Snapchat. Like my Snapchat blew up with how much like Power Rangers behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, but I mean, I enjoyed it because I like seeing what the actors are like, and mm-hmm. they have really good chemistry. Like they're actually really good friends. You can tell from the. Mm-hmm. Things, but then, as a, a testament to their, you know, 
chemistry and their acting ability when I got into the film, I didn't see, you know, RJ or Becky or Daker or, you know, or Naomi or Louis. I saw these characters, you know, they, they, they really brought these characters to life and they really, like, they worked well together. And it's something that you don't see too often and it's not, it's, it's kind of rare to see something like that genuine happen on screen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it definitely boosted this this movie up like tenfold. What about you, Brian? What did you? What was it about the cast that either made it or break it or broke it for you? Uh, there were there. Were, I mean, there was definitely no breaking. Like everything, okay. <laughs> every, like everything you guys said was absolutely spot on. Like uh, I, I said this in one of the reviews that I did. I don't remember which one, but I I can't imagine anyone else in these roles i mean granted i'm not mm. a huge database of actors in my head or anything like that but right. the the way that they interacted the chemistry that they had and the way that they delivered each of these characters uniquely was the thing that sold me the most and pulled me into this movie because i i agree it, i wasn't looking at actors i was looking at characters mm-hmm. and yep. i think a lot of it had to do with the fact that they are relative unknowns uh, for a majority of them, so it's not like there's a lot of familiarity or past roles or anything that you can think of with uh, with these guys. So uh, just to see that and to see the way that they were performed together what well, was really mm-hmm. what sold it for me easy. Well, one of the things I, w- I want to bring up, because you brought up that they're relative unknowns, is that like even though in terms of like mainstream like or more well-known, say, character actors or te- television actors... Um, you know the the this the modern cast isn't as uh home something name what is that phrase like household name yes household home something name come on <laughs> english wasn't my first language um i will take that to my grave whenever i make a mistake um, <laughs> i use that they too even it's not true I mean, hey only use it when it's true for me, it's technically true. Technically. Uh, <laughs> technically. If you learned it two uh, weeks after. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but they, they're not household names, to say the least. But it doesn't mean that they weren't, they're not green, green as in new, but they're not like super brand spanking new actors. They have a lot, just a lot of um, di- kind of um, different, roles that they're not they're not new to acting they like yeah becky g has been in performance as a as a musical artist she's been on empire you know uh rj has been like you know in movies before and uh whatchamacallit oh my gosh i'm blanking on ludy naomi ludy yeah yeah ludy uh lynn um has acted both in you know in China and in China, Canada, is it China, Canada, and the United States? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, like he's 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 been, oh he was in Marco Polo. Where? When? <laughs> I didn't know that. I love I think, Marco Polo. I think Daker is the most uh, green of them all. Yeah. Like he kept yeah. saying that, he kept saying this is his first role or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and and even then, even as a role as a leader, and now that, but, but the fact that he got Jason, and he still kind of like he kind of killed it at J- as Jason, yeah. yeah. Um, being that, I'm all like, wow, that's a great first role. And come on, the Red Ranger as a first role—that's that's awesome. That's <laughs> legit. So yeah, there's a for me, there's a lot 
the cast is really what carried the movie for me. Like the cast was really, really good. Their chemistry is fantastic. Um, and, <laughs> and this is where I kind of, I will kind of like slowly bring up like what my slight gripe with it is. Like I, I kind of just felt bad that they were saying what they were saying sometimes because they're like, Oh, like you could bring out more of them if they had just slightly better. Just, just a little bit of writing, which I'll bring slightly better writing, which I'll, I'll probably get into in, in a second. Um, but what you call it? One of the things that I really liked about them as a cast is that they really acted like teenagers. They're not, yeah. they're all young adults, but they literally act like teenagers, how they reacted, how, um, how they went through things, how they were like, sno- like they were, they were stubborn and, and, uh, uh, suspicious of one another like teenagers are in general mm-hmm. and i could really say that just because you know I've, as a day job i've worked with teens and kids and teens before and let me tell you like like the kids that i worked with are just as over dramatic and suspicious of any of like anything um and stuff like that so they really they really 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 embodied that teenagers with the attitude and i really like that about them that's true and a little part of it, I think, is because it was PG thirteen, so they could they could actually cuss like yeah. like teens. Though, if you were an actual teen, you'd say much worse things than that. Yeah. <laughs> but it did add a bit of you know realism, realism to you know their reactions to things like seeing a giant head floating on a wall or something. Like that. <laughs> well, um, like well, we could probably just break this down character by character. Like, who who did you guys think was like? Did it, like who was your favorite character out of those five? Ooh, I mean, because my mine was one hundred percent Zach. Like mm-hmm. one, and I totally wanted him to have more screen time. Mm-hmm. Like I really, really wanted him to have more screen time, especially because um, a lot of Ludi. Like he, I, I saw an interview with him with uh, NBC Asia America where he's like, I really like it. Like there needs to, there needs to be a lot more. You know, Asian American representation. That's not just about them being Asian American, mm-hmm. but a lot more like nuanced uh, characterizations of that. And what I really liked about the way he played Zach, um, one, he taught he was the a son taking care and being scared about his like terminally possibly terminally ill mother mm-hmm. is gut wrenching and yeah. was so universal. <laughs> yeah, just seeing him like, scream like. My mother's the best. Yeah, thing was just like, ah, it's yeah, it's it's gut wrenching. It's and the story is universal. And for me, what I also really appreciate is that he also spoke to his mom in Mandarin. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, uh, and you know, for anybody who's had like you know an immigrant parent or Mm -hmm. you know who has um, you know speak who's bilingual, like you talk to your family in the language you're most comfortable on. And sometimes you talk to them in that language as a means of comfort and connection. And I'm just like, ugh, you get me. You get me. And he's still an asshole, kind of. And I really liked it. (laughs) Like, Uh, I I really, really liked that about Zach. So Zach's my favorite character for for real. He had some of the most, like, most fun, like, scenes and, like, character quirks. Like, just him acknowledging that he is crazy and he is a daredevil. Kind of mm-hmm. thing, like, mm-hmm. 
just them asking like are you crazy it's like yeah i am (laughs) (laughs) there's also part yeah and 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 this is me being seeing it still as i i'm any gripe i honestly like i mentioned before any gripe i have with this movie is just possibly me just being too grumpy can see it as well but anytime he did say that though sometimes when they're just like oh what are you what are you as a person i was like can can we find out like more 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 naturally instead of like the direct question so we can just i feel like he was just oh. lines like that i you could just say to camera and i'm all like hi this is me as a character this is me this is this is what i am as a person i don't like it seemed like this like when they asked him, like, I mean, he literally jumped onto the top of a moving van. So the first thing you're going to ask is, are you crazy? Crazy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, him answering, yeah, I am, just kind of like, I mean, I just did that. So, yeah, I kind of <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, it worked for me because, like, it, I don't know, it still kind of worked for me. Um, what did you guys think about his relationship with Trini? I think in maybe any other movie... Despite the fact that Trini is gay, they probably would have tried to go with a romance angle. And mm-hmm. I still felt sub like undertones of that from time to time. But mm-hmm. going forward, I think that's something they could push into like a really, really strong friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it and felt I, like he was curious yeah. about like, what is her deal? Because, yeah. I mean, he is there to sort of escape reality and he sees someone else escaping reality as well. So mm. even though they didn't talk to each other, they had a connection as far as like being outsiders. It's like so, we don't want to be here either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, okay. So I guess as far as like favorite characters for me, um, I think Billy is probably the best actor on the cast. And I mm. think his character is the best realized, but Zach was definitely my favorite. And it is 100% because of the sick mom thing, because Mm. you know my mom's not terminally ill but i do have a very sick mom and Mm -hmm. a lot of what he said and a lot of the the way he acted it's like i see a lot of that in how i've acted and you know the brashness and the obliviousness to like the danger of stuff you do like trying to escape your life like i have lived that and because Mm -hmm. of that i felt like it connected with me so well and not least of which like one of the reasons is because he was such a good actor and he was able to like perfectly capture that mentality right like well let's let's talk about then because uh, you brought up billy uh and then we'll get into jason and kimberly uh later brian what did you think about billy uh e- easily my favorite i mean and that's okay. not to say i don't like the others because uh, they're all fantastic and i honestly think ludi was probably the best performance of the bunch for me but mm-hmm. i just i really connected with with billy mm-hmm. in what way just being so awkward <laughs> that like, like that was me growing up and i mean hell it's me now so like i can relate on on that level of just being weird and i mean i was i was picked on heavily in middle school which right. was a complete reversal of high school everyone loved me in high school but i think everyone <laughs> matured finally but uh yeah like i can relate on those levels uh for sure do you think Billy then? Be, well, he did in he's canonly canonly ish uh, uh, in the movie as autistic, and I, I really like how it was just like I'm on the spectrum. I don't get social cues. Sorry. Yeah. And 
that was it. And I really appreciated that. And mm-hmm. I know, uh, speaking, uh, going back again to the 95 premiere, Corey, um, movie dude 18, uh, the guy who, who did the whole thing, or put together the whole thing, also said that, like, it's, uh, that he is also on the spectrum. And to have that representat- represent, represented in Billy, in like a simple, straightforward way, like was also really important for him as in terms of like representation or seeing yourself um, on screen or seeing someone that like, oh, that person, that character, I get that character because that character is me or mm-hmm. I see myself in that character. So I think yeah. that was really helpful. And yeah. do you guys feel that it was Billy's, it ba- Billy was basically like the glue that held that team together. Oh, oh for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> he was like the emotional center. Yeah. Okay. Like he, and he's also the catalyst for it all. Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. Like he's the one who accidentally found the coins and everything. So the movie literally wouldn't happen without him. Yeah. And like, as far as like favorite characters, I, yeah, I'm, I'm with everybody. I, I don't know who to choose. Like, I love both Billy and Zach in this movie. Like, they were mm-hmm. both my favorites. And mm-hmm. Billy, I connect with because I have family who are on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was cool to see that on screen and see, yeah, like uh, Brian said, uh, seeing that kind of thing represented on screen or whatever. Um, and Zach, like, yeah, the, the whole mother's, like, aspect of it just like yeah like, i think everybody can connect to that in some degree whether it's with their yeah you know immediate their parents or like any relatives like that they really it feels kind of it felt kind of unexpected like i didn't imagine something like that to be so genuine and mm-hmm. in like and yeah authentic in that sense I'm like, a, I'm, I, hate, I know, yeah, like, I, I hate using that word authentic just because, mm. like, you know, hipsters have used it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like, it, it feels, yeah, it feels just genuine. That kind of emotional relationship and even the relationship with their families feels really genuine. And I'm um, also glad that that wasn't spoiled, that plot mm-hmm. point. I mean, mm-hmm. we obviously got, like, bombarded with uh, news about uh Trini uh, having identity um, struggles and mm-hmm. uh, I mean Billy Trini having on the spectrum. yeah and Billy being on the spectrum we saw that everywhere um, mm-hmm. so it was cool to see some like see like characters like Zach who's like on the surface you just you think you already know what is going on with him like you already mm-hmm. you already think oh he's just a loner dude he's just a stoic guy or whatever mm-hmm. but then going in and seeing that all this stuff is happening that he's not really sharing with anybody that was like. That's probably what makes him one of my favorite characters. Right. Um, let's. I guess we can kind of quickly move on to both Jason and Kimberly, just because they were kind of came as a pair set. Um, at least the way the movie did it, and I want to be able to move on just from like the characters, because I want to get into uh, you know how we handled Alpha, Zordon, and, and Rita mm-hmm. as a as this story plot itself. Um, but for for Jason and Kimberly. I know they were, they were, what I really liked is that it kind of flipped the uh, jock cheerleader mm-hmm. thing where they're, these two are supposed to be like the king and queen of high school, but Jason did it just, be, and both succumbed to basically whatever peer pressure was happening to them. Right. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know if I'm, if that's what I'm supposed to be seeing. Uh, definitely with uh, Kimberly. 
Mm-hmm. Well, actually, yeah, with both, because he, he did basically do that prank in the beginning of the movie because, yeah. well, partly because of tradition, but also, you know, he's a captain of the football team or whatever, so. Right. And uh, I think for, what I what I appreciate from Kimberly, I know they were trying to make her kind of be the reformed bad girl, like she made bad decisions in high school on her own and did really bad about that. And I... To be honest, that conversation with uh, Kimberly and Jason in, like, the bedroom, and she explains, like, it was me, it was my fault, I wasn't pressured to do it, I really was just a mean girl, mm-hmm. um, was kind of, was, for me, it was almost cringy. It was like, no, this is really, I don't know, I don't like this dialogue. But I think it's, again, it's just because it's an uncomfortable thing to talk about when you finally admit that you'll, that, yeah, you, you're, you're, you might have been a shitty person. Like you're just um, you're just a punk kid. <laughs> it yeah, goes back to them being teenagers. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and uh, I saw I saw the movie with Michael and I, and I was like he he felt me like hiding and he kind of nudged me. It's all like it's actually good dialogue. Pay attention. I'm not like okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I, I did like that. Jason's you know sort of advice to her is that you did bad things, but you're not necessarily a bad person. So just change mm-hmm. what yeah work to change that. Yeah, I appreciated that. Although there's part of me that's like, if I wanted like a reformed jock and a reformed mean girl, I would just watch Riverdale. <laughs> I think Veronica Lodge and Archie Andrews are like kind of a better, more likable way to do that. But that's mm. me though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so kind of moving on then uh, to how basically the big th- the big name three. The big actor names, Did the three of them. So you got uh, Trini. Oh. Uh, well, I, I'll I'll talk about Trini when we talk about like some of the diversity stuff because that's really because okay. Trini's because what what I hoped for Trini was that Trini's my favorite character, and from what I saw, like there just wasn't enough of her. Mm-hmm. But Trina was always going to be just the stoic, calm person and even in the original show that's who she was she yeah. was just like the 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 one with the good head on her shoulders mm-hmm. yeah um and so she and, and her personality hasn't changed in the reboot like um and the way she's dealing with uh how she doesn't exactly come out and say that come out and say what is she uh whether she was you know gay or bi or anything like that mm-hmm. and and even as small as it is i think that's fair especially when you're a teenager yeah. You're still trying to figure it out. Right. Like I might like I might like girls or whatever. Yeah. Did the um did anybody on the production staff straight up say she was gay? Because my read was definitely she's just not sure. I think any uh in terms of production staff, everyone is saying that she's she's a gay character. And that's it. Um I saw that um the Hollywood reporter just says that she is. Um, but then I think it was, uh, Dean Israelite, the, uh, the director just says, she's just questioning and that's okay. Yeah. Like that, that whole, the, you know, the campfire scene to me was definitely her being like, I'm not sure what I am and I don't want my parents forcing me into something I'm not 100% certain that it can be. Yeah. And I think that's, that's totally fair. And that's realistic. I think that's really realistic. Mm -hmm. Um, if, if there's another, I've been watching a lot of other Netflix stuff. There's like another show on Netflix called One One Day at a Time that has kind of like the cutest coming out 
story I've ever seen. Um, but it's really similar. It's just like you are a teenager and you're just trying to figure things out and you might you you might think you have this one piece of identity, but somebody else is, you know, society or whoever your family is like pushing you or expects you to be a one thing when you feel like you're something different. And I think that that was pretty realistic. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry for kind of glossing over that. Um but I think oh, it was okay. the most it's probably like the most straightforward Trini is probably the most straightforward character I can see. If and if anything else. Everybody like for Jason and Kimberly and Billy, even Zach had a lot more meat to their bones in terms of how those characters got dealt with in their storylines. Mm-hmm. Gina was like just straightforward, this is how she's reacting. Um which is for me, really interesting. So this, we'll we'll tie this in then to when we're talking about Rita Zordon and Alpha, the aliens, um, because Trini was the only one. Even though she didn't have technically uh, a large meaty plot, like say you know the other, like Jason, Kimberly, Billy, or uh, she basically had the same kind of plot as or same kind of straightforward storyline as say Zach did. Um, but she got the one-on-one against Rita, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. True. Uh, so that it, for me, like as, as, as much as I was been like, oh, I wish, you know, I got to know her more. There was more stuff to her story. She played a more integral role in the story the way Billy does. Um, cause Trina is my girl. She got the highlight by having the one-on-one fight with Rita, which, mm-hmm. what do you guys think of that fight? Uh, it was really good. You think so? It was, inter- it was interesting. <laughs> every time they, every time, it's, it felt like uh, the period to every sentence was a slam to the wall, which was really fun. <laughs> which yeah, was really, that, I, I enjoyed it, but uh, that was really funny to notice. Yeah, I thought, yeah, like I said, like I thought that was just okay. Um, but it did, but it, it, it gave. Um, it it raised the stakes a bit. Yeah. Which I which is what I think it was meant to. Um it definitely raised the stakes on oh crap, now we have to put, like we have to transform. Yeah. This is like superpower being. Um But I also felt like it was a it was a bit of a connection between them because she says when she like when she's confronted, she says that I was also an outsider in my team. So Yeah. I mean you don't know what that means. Aside from you know her being evil or whatever, but <laughs> seeing that like like she she seemed like she like Rita seemed like she could like sort of I don't know if it's telepathic or whatever, but she could sort of tell what these characters were mm-hmm. like even even like before she meets them. So seeing that she <laughs> went to Trini uh, first, maybe she saw her as the one person who can convince the group to. Uh, tell them where the coins are or she knew that they would come to fight because of her i don't know it, mm. it was interesting to see that she was the one who was chosen to like by rita to you know confront well i wonder if it's also because like not not to say that she was low-hanging fruit or anything like that but just because she was already uh so uh standoffish with the rest of the team mm-hmm. um for her to and that may have given her maybe not the elude like elude is probably not the right word but the Okay, I'll just say illusion. For the illusion of being, like, maybe the strongest or maybe the most, like, 
the one who, if anybody was going to bail and talk about anything seriously, it was going to be Trini. Because Zach's a crazy mofo. Like, you know, Kimberly and Jason may be like, you know, mom and dad, but they're the ones trying to bring things together. And Billy is awkward and weird. So if something were to happen to Trini, they might take it really, really seriously. You know what I mean? I can can see that. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's why. Uh... And and yeah, and it and it worked because you know, and my, I'll just I'll bring it up now just because like it it kind of brings to the point because like one of the my, one of my issues with the movie is that it was a lot of and thens and then this happens 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 because this happens and then this happens. There's like no therefore. There was a lot of and thens and no therefore. What do you mean by that though? So what I mean by and then, like quote unquote and then, is it's this idea on how a story can be structured in order to tell it in the most interesting way. Um, I saw a video of like the creators of South Park, I think, did like a short lecture about it, which is kind of floating around somewhere on the internet. Um, But it's normally mentioned in this video series called Every Frame a Picture um, by Tony Zhu. And he kind of like this video series kind of talks about like, video editing and and things like that so um the idea of if you're just telling a story that you all you're doing is and then this happened and then that happened and then this happened and then that happens what you're really doing is just like listing a bunch of actions or listing a bunch of events that can honestly be probably told in any order and it kind of kind of lends itself to be kind of a boring story um and if you're just like listing events and then and then and then it's eh, it kind of eh, it's not a great story. So what you would want to do in order to make uh, your story really interesting is to be able to insert, you know, this event happens, but then this event happens that, you know, contradicts it or there this event happens and then therefore this event happens. So, you know, it will be like I'm walking down the street to go get something from the library but then I remembered that I forgot something and so I did like went off to another uh I went off to another like store or something to buy a book instead or I went down the street to go get to the library therefore I was able to get all the books that I wanted it's it's or I'm probably not explained as clearly as I would like to be but if the way that I see the Power Rangers movie is just like it's just a series of things happening one after the other like you want to be able to tell bits and pieces or maybe parallel stories at the same time. Like I think Tony Zhu mentioned it in his video talking about the story structure is that George Lucas kind of does this by, you know, he'll go back to another parallel story, kind of like a meanwhile at the ranch or or something like that. So you have, say, you see both Han Solo's adventures told in the same kind of parallel storyline as say all of Luke Skywalker's adventures there's two different adventures taking place at the same time and they're being told like interchangeably kind of cutting back and forth and I didn't really see that with the Power Rangers movie to be honest so if you were to put some of Zack's mom situation earlier to give him a reason why he's at the quarry that might make it better the story beats might be better if that makes sense. I, I guess. I I, I kind of like a little bit of mystery, though. Like, I don't mind the fact that, like, we don't know why he's there just yet. Now, if 
like that never got established, then absolutely, yeah, that's a glaring problem. But I, I guess I don't particularly mind not knowing something right away, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, yeah, maybe. I, mm-hmm. I felt like it, because we didn't really know much, I mean, we were sort of finding out as everyone else find out about everybody else. Like, it was almost like we found out about everybody through either Jason or Billy's perspective. Mm-hmm. Probably Jason, because he's the first one that finds out about Billy, and Billy sort of just tells him everything. Um so it Which like makes he, sense. If he's on yeah, the spectrum and he doesn't know, right. he just blows it all out. Exactly, yeah. It, it it totally worked. And so for me, it felt like I was learning about the backstory as everybody else was. Mm. And mm-hmm. like me, like getting, getting, establishing, like establishing everybody's background before they meet. Um, I don't know if it would have had the same effect. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't feel like you're a growing not really, because it felt it felt like you were along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. if they told you everything in the beginning and then they meet, and then like it kind of feels like all the work's already been done for you. But as a viewer, you're sort of along for the ride, and you find out about um, you find out about Zach, and then you see um, him interacting with his mother, or. Mm-hmm. Um, you you after they meet you see Becky talking to his par- her parents and you see mm-hmm. how she, how they treat each other and then you get her reveal. Uh, Kimberly, you get a bit more of that beforehand. You get part of it beforehand and you get more of it afterwards because mm-hmm. she thinks she's the one holding everyone back. I don't know. It 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 kind of <laughs> felt natural to me. Like it it, it would have felt less natural if everything was front loaded in the beginning. Like I definitely felt that at that point in the movie, Jason was our perspective character. So we're seeing the movie how he's seeing it. So even though you know we get our introduction to Zach, we still think of him as this mysterious character. We see Trini, we still think of her as a mysterious character. And I think that's because at that point, Jason doesn't know them. He doesn't know what's going on. And as they meet and get to know each other, the movie opens up to, okay, we're going to follow this person for a bit. We're going to follow this person for a bit. And... You know, to me, that felt like a very natural way of segmenting into like their stories rather than just cutting to this other character we don't really know anything about. No, for me, it just felt really like I saw every story beat. Again, it's just I and honestly, like I said, all of this can just because one, I, I talk to hella writers, and two, you know, I'm an old grumpy person <laughs> <laughs> who sees things behind the scenes way too quickly. But you know, one of the things that you know you can even from the credits, this went through, I think, seven people three different in, within three different writing teams. And for me, it can honestly use another pass in terms of writing because I wanted to, it was one of those, like, when it, oh, now that I can bring it back to the big three actors, uh, the thing about Zordon's character is that I really wish they spent just a little, because I... Would have I love the way they opened Power Rangers with intergalactic war? Mm-hmm. Uh, was really amazing. That's fantastic. I really like the way that act that that introduction was played. However, I really wish they could have spent just an extra time, like having Zordon, like you see him with the Yellow Ranger, which is cool. But it would have been really helpful to see the other team members, like him, literally just saying goodbye. To like 
his team members and get the stakes, uh, get that emotional connection with those characters just a little bit more on his previous team so that the feeling of him... Because for me, otherwise, like, Zordon just feels like the Red Ranger who failed. But, like, just just sucked at being the Red Ranger. And that whole... And I don't see that desperation as... Uh, like, I, I don't I, I don't feel that uh, 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 him pushing Jason to be a better leader. Uh, to be as... The, the, the stakes for that storyline wasn't, like, as high to me. Like, it didn't, it didn't feel... Like, give, give me more of Zordon and the intergalactic stakes that's at stake rather than just, like, big destructor destruction porn. Because that's what I felt. Like, if they kind of established the, like, m- like, put some more meat on that intergalactic war in the beginning, just showing him with the other rangers, saying goodbye, you know, really get that emotional beat at the very beginning, it, it, and maybe highlighting like how badly a destruction can be when when people are fighting for those crystals like it the lad, the second ha- the actual battle with Goldar and Rita doesn't just look like destruction porn to me because i i get i'm i'm getting destruction fatigue so to speak like it mm. the way when when it came to Shin Godzilla like arguably like people uh, the way Shin got there's a lot of destruction in Shin Godzilla, but I didn't get fatigued watching that destruction. It actually felt like it had stakes. Whereas watching Power Rangers, it didn't have that emotional stake beat for me. It only happened when like Jason rescued his dad. That's it. Everything else was kind of like okay, they're just destroying things for fun. Like, I'm seeing all this destruction for fun. Like, the way the Transformers movies just destroy things. I'm like, that's it? Like, I'm getting tired of seeing things destroyed just to be destroyed. Uh, I don't know. I I got a lot of destruction fatigue seeing that. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't like it. So maybe if I saw more of the intergalactic war stuff and getting that, you know, your team is your team connection with Zordon and his old team, maybe I might have felt a little more connected to that end fight. For for me, it was like, I, th- I think I would have liked more of that too, the intergalactic war stuff, but I was still okay without it. And the messiness of that, you know, the massive Zord fight at the end, to me, really sold me on the idea that they are piloting these giant robots for the first time in a very small town. Mm. You know, they're very <laughs> much novices at it. Like, as we see, like, Billy's, like, piloting his thing backwards for a while, and... <laughs> Like, to me, I I always thought it was supposed to be messy. It's not supposed to be an elegant, coordinated fight scene at this point. I think that's something they might be saving for a potential sequel. But, yeah, with the way the movie broke up the action, I never felt like I was seeing action for action's sake. I felt like everything led up to everything in a very fluid manner. And once we finally get to the, like, destruction, it's like, okay, this is kind of happening for a reason. Honestly, I wish I saw this movie with your eyes, like, 100%. I wish I saw it like that. But unfortunately, I couldn't because the the only thing for me was just, like, I was seeing every story beat. Like, oh, this is when this set of team wrote this. Because it felt so disjointed. Um, Even visually, like, you get that, 
like I was joking about it with Brian like earlier, like that car crash must like wrecked. I'm a person that gets migraines. So I'm just like, ow, my head, my head, my head hurts a lot watching this like point of view car crash. And it's. But that's also uh, like sort of the point of that scene. Like it's it's not supposed to be comfortable. It's supposed to be weird, confusing and disorienting because like you're you're you are in the point of view of a pretty nasty car crash. And I think they don't they don't want you to be able to fully understand what's going on in that moment, because if you're the driver, you're not going to understand what's going on. But, like, keep that consistent with, like, all your other sequences. I didn't do that with every single one. Like, I remember seeing every single, like, ma- like car big action scene. They didn't do that every time. And I was like, okay, sure. Um, I, I, oh, man, I wish they didn't. I think maybe for me it might have been, like, it was a little too long of an action sequence. Because I know that watching Q-Ranger now... And even like X8 now, every once in a while, they'll do that point of view drone fight. Like when somebody flying through something or kicking someone, they'll get that point of view like uh, image. Mm-hmm. That's fine in like those small beats when it's like, oh, that is really cool. That's a cool, interesting shot. But like that whole opening sequence, I was like, what is the tone of this whole movie? Is this at What? It was re- and then like Power Rangers at the corner. I'm all like, okay, I saw Power <laughs> X Rangers too. Like, Christ. As far as like the uh, the first scene with Zordon and uh, Rita and all that, um, I agree that there, it would have been cool to see it a little bit more. But the way I interpreted interpreted it was that, like for example, when he crawls to the Yellow Ranger and she gives him her coin, I interpreted it as like. She was the only one she got a he got a chance to say goodbye to. Everyone else died, you know, in an instant and they were gone. That was it. Like it felt like she was the only one he got to sort of say goodbye to. And I felt like that kind of helped. It kind of helped the stakes for you. For me, yeah, because because the first time you see Zordon when he, you know, is reactivated in the ship. He's disoriented. It's like, what? What's happening? Where am I? What's going on? What's you know? He's freaking out because the last thing he remembers, he died, and for mm-hmm. him, it's an instant. Whereas for 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 Alpha and you know for the world, it's sixty five million years. Right. So having all of that happen, like you know, you know, very quickly in the beginning, and then seeing his reaction, you kind of and having the little bit of gap where you follow the Rangers leading up to that. It helps for me to see that stuff is still real for him, you know, mm-hmm. and him pushing them to train and pushing them to, you know, morph again and again and again, like mm-hmm. trying to morph. And, you know, you can see the frustration in him because he feels like, you know, held that back. It just in happened. The ship. Yeah, it just happened. He wants yeah. to get out there. Right. He's not telling them everything okay. like that kind yeah. of like, I don't know. It. I guess it, I, I, I definitely know. did not think about that, so I, I'm really, yeah. really glad you brought that up because it definitely does explain why he was so distant because his point of view is just it's instant. Like he's yeah. still living 65 x million years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Years ago. Okay, I get that. Totally explains it. Thank you very much for changing that mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that's that. No, it's well, and I, I, I actually appreciate that because I, I'm, I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, no, I'm gonna kind of moving this forward. Because um, you brought up a good point, uh, which is what I re- also really loved about 
the, the piece I love about this movie is that it made them earn those powers. Mm-hmm. They went through a training montage, and that is what I honestly really like. That rising action of them earning, like literally just fighting, fighting, mm-hmm. as opposed to just suddenly magically having powers and just suddenly knowing how to fight. Hello, MMPR Billy. Because <laughs> that always bugged me. Like, how does Billy not know how to fight out of suit and suddenly know how to fight in suit? That is something yeah. that always bugged me. Yeah, like I I agree with that completely. Like, it, it it it's it's a very like Sentai and Power Rangers thing that like they get these powers and like everything is like instantaneously like in their head. And I love this approach to the fact that like they didn't know anything whatsoever some of them couldn't even fight at all and yeah. to to see them progress that way uh through the trading montages and and everything like that i thought was really really cool because uh, it, it's just something that we're not really used to in this franchise so it was nice to see right. yeah it was not, really not nice. just franchise like movies in general like a lot of movies these days don't really have like show characters like especially in action movies showing them train in any way um it kind of reminded me of like old like martial arts movies from like hong kong and stuff like that where they find a teacher and then they train for like a quarter of the movie and you see them progress and then you see them earn the win at the end and Mm -hmm. i'm glad that something like this movie did that um because otherwise like you wouldn't have this journey and you wouldn't see them you wouldn't feel you wouldn't feel for them when they finally got to morph you know and they finally got to fight like yeah. you feel like you feel like those are the characters in those suits fighting, rather than feeling oh those are stunt dudes in those suits fighting. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like the that little shot that's in all like the one gift that everyone takes from the trailer, other than the superhero landing, is like uh, Billy at doing the the sidekick. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. doing the kick against the putties, and you know it's one of those things where like yeah you could believe that's Billy in there. Yeah. Like, because you saw the whole training montage and you saw that how difficult it was for them to morph in the first place. That I really appreciated. Holy crap. That was really good. I, that, I appreciated that. This is um, honestly the biggest reason I had problems with the a lot of the reviews was, you know, people wanted it to be a, you know, a, a, a campy movie right from the get-go. They wanted it to have a lot of action and they weren't satisfied with the way it was paced but to me it was definitely everything that happens in the movie leads up to the action and makes the action however short it is like that more meaningful to me um it's like without having gone through that it would have just been another action sequence to me and Mm -hmm. right now with tokusatsu i do kind of just zone out when there's a fight going on unless it's Mm -hmm. something that's really good or it's you know, a meaningful segue from a story. And with with this movie, it really felt like the action was served by everything that came before. Yeah. I, I could I could see that, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of, it's maybe the same argument as people complain about, you know, Godzilla wasn't in the movie enough. And I'm like, have you guys seen a Godzilla film? Because <laughs> yeah. the yeah. versus one is not really like his, like that's, that's, that's another like Godzilla, Godzilla. Yeah, um, like even in the It's show, treated like, differently. Yeah, exactly. Like even in um, the show, the, the action is not the whole show. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot yeah. of it. It's a lot of it, but it's not like the whole show. And Yeah. 
and coming from like someone who loves to see 20 minute action scenes in movies the fact that i was okay with seeing just that bit of them um like on the cliff fighting the putties like of course i would have loved to see more but seeing that much was okay because what came after it like helped even more like even like elevated the movie even more for me first as someone who doesn't really care about the sword fights that much right so um what did you like i have to bring this up because there's very different feelings about it do you i feel that and i'm the big grumpy one here like that i I, they really could have used more guitar in terms of soundtracks (laughs) just a little more because or pick and choose honestly or pick and choose because they had a really good cinematic like orchestra Mm -hmm. uh soundtrack and this and again i'm a person who loves soundtracks i listen more soundtracks than you know actual pop music um (laughs) But if they're gonna stick with an orchestral Power Rangers orchestra tone, cool. If you're suddenly gonna drop two chorus of Go Go Power Rangers exactly from the 1995 film that I just saw like you know five days ago for like 20 seconds for just one sequence of all the Zors together, it felt like whiplash. It felt like it, it sound did. whiplash. To it, me. it was very Am I like very much like just hey fans look at this you remember this right isn't it cool yeah yeah it was a lot of like creepily it was in my head there was there was a producer somewhere who was like yeah they like this yeah just give it to them i'm like no 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 like you know take me out to dinner first and like lead me (laughs) into this like wonderful moment it really even if you added just a little bit of like that build-up guitar like fade it fade in and fade out the orchestra score into like a slow guitar into Wasserman's like build up and give me that like when they start like coming out of the ground instead of like here's the go-go power rangers in this sequence you guys remember this from the mo- like from the tv show right yeah but like give that to me give me that build up it was it was seriously just like here you like it slap there you're done i'm like what that, that, <laughs> was, to- that was totally high too like I read an article that said that uh, Dean didn't have that in the movie originally, and then Heim suggested to put it in to see. Or told like, he's him like, to like, put it in. Of course, he pretty did. much. Yeah, that surprises then, me zero. He said, "Well, I think, <laughs> I think he. I don't know if the wording of it was, but he basically suggested put this in and see what happens." And he did. He said, "Oh, it got a reaction from the audience, so he kept it in." In um, both directions, I will say though, because like there was. When I was watching the movie, it definitely, like, there was half the theater going, what? Okay. And the other half was like, yeah! Yeah. Like, I was, I was, was laughing completely, my ass off. Yeah, was, it was completely it was, night and day. I am. Um, like, as far as the music in this movie goes, I really love the score, but that was one of the few times. I do, ta- too. That was one of the few times I'm like, I'm not too sure about this. It yeah. Because it, it was just so jarring, and the music you had before was very epic in a non-traditional orchestra sort of way like yeah, the, it was the, cinematic there yeah like, yeah talk about like it was just cinematic and i i i, I, I when i was talking to michael about this like i had totally different opinions he's like really like like musical score i'm all like yeah musical score i'm okay with it just like but if you're gonna have the go-go power rangers you know rock opera suddenly in there lead up to it fade something out like gentle guitar me in like i said take me out on a date first before you suddenly like 
toss me into a bedroom where all my dreams will come true. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I need the dinner first to make, like, come on. That's you, you were, when it came to that. You were pretty much Billy in that scene then. Just driving his yeah. world backwards, no idea what's going on. <laughs> like, what the I was completely disoriented. Uh, like, it, yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but... No, 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 um, like if it's much. like it was very jarring, but if they wanted to use a go go Power Rangers theme, they could have used the one that was at the end of the movie. Like that one, yeah. I I really know, like, like that rendition more. too. It's a really I, good rendition. It of the is. Song. It's too short yeah. though. I'm like, I want more. <laughs> like I I, I, I would 100 percent buy that vinyl. Like I would hipster buy that vinyl. We bought the ones from, or I bought the one from, or we we bought the one from I Am Eight Bit. There was yeah. no like Ron Wesson one one. Uh, yeah, cool. we would buy. I would buy this freaking soundtrack. Yeah, hundred percent. So, eh. okay. Um, we do have to start wrapping this up because we've been talking for a while. Uh, I know I want to slightly. Uh, we we haven't even get to talk about like in terms of we did talk about it briefly in terms of Rita uh, as Elizabeth Elizabeth Banks, Brian Cranston, and uh. Oh my God! Who voiced Alpha? Bill Hader? We have not Thank talked you, about Hader. that at all. I'm like, what? yeah. Mm, I think we, could, we, we need probably, to. Like, we need yes, to, we and then we got to wrap out. Um, like, what did you think about Bill Hader as Alpha? Oh my he God! He was so funny. He was so good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, like I wasn't expecting it. I like I was I was going in here going like, okay, I could see that as probably being a pretty neat choice. Uh, he's been funny in a lot of things I've seen him in. We'll see how that works. And, like, I left the movie going, like, this alpha was amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> a lot of the funniest lines in this movie were delivered from him, and he delivered them so well. Like, it was just, it was very natural, which is a really weird thing to say about an alien robot. But, it, <laughs> well, like, it um, he, he actually gave an interview where he said, uh, you know, he's done so many voices that, Going into this, the director was kind of just like, you know what, just, just be yourself. So I think that really That's exactly what I felt. Like, that was That's just exactly him talking, no no voice or anything. Yeah. Yeah, well, well to, for the most part, at, at me, for me being, again, grumpy person, uh, I, I was like, oh, he's just playing himself. And then I'm all like, okay, I can accept that. that that's just Bill Hader. That's just <laughs> him. I don't feel good or bad about that. It's just him. And that's great. Like it's cool. It's just cool. I'm like okay, <laughs> that was just me. Like that's cool. Yeah, I was but worried yeah. going into it, like seeing the clips of him, like in the first few clips of him, like that they showed, like before the movie came out. Seeing mm-hmm. it's, it felt like he was just going through the motions at first because we didn't see too much. But I think what mm-hmm. won me over was in the movie when he, you know, first gathers him around, and he's like. I've been waiting so long for you guys. And he's like, you, and then Billy's like, you've been waiting down here in this spaceship. How long have you been here? And he's like, what is it? Mon- is today Monday? Yeah. About 65 million years. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that kind of stuff was like, okay, I buy you as alpha. You're pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And it, 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 by saying, what is it? Monday? Uh, yeah. You can tell that like, oh crap, he has been here a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've um, definitely had those weeks where I was like, is it Monday? <laughs> talking about like the uh you know like the big names on the movie going into the movie i was actually pretty confident i would like it because you know all the promotional material sold me on it but i was actually thinking you know the three big names on the movie 
you know, maybe they're just doing this for money, so maybe their performances aren't going to be great. And it's entirely possible they did this solely for money, but they <laughs> really showed up. They they brought their characters to life just as much as the main cast did. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I, I like that connection that specifically for Cranston's point of view because he is connected with Mighty Morphin beforehand. Mm. The reason why Billy Cranston's last name is Cranston is because of because of Cranston. Um, which is a really, which is a really fun fact. And it's one, like one of those, it's cool that everyone not attending PMZ on a regular basis <laughs> knows that fact. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is really cool to see. And whatchamacallit. And for Elizabeth Banks, um, I know there was some concern about, you know, Rita is a, was a Japanese, play was a play by a Japanese woman, uh, why is it being played by Elizabeth Banks, who is white? And it's one of those moments where, like, well, she was played by a Japanese woman in the original Zoo Ranger film, yes. She was also voiced by a white woman in when it was adapted to Mighty Morphin. And when they ran out of Zoo Ranger footage, she was then subsequently filmed by a Latinx woman and a Latinx slash Hispanic woman. Uh, and then a Filipino American woman. So, okay, <laughs> is how I kind of feel yeah. about that. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Um, and if I could see Elizabeth Banks is a good character actor. She's just a funny character actor, and the way this Rita's iteration is to be legit as weird as possible, like. There were so many moments where she like creeped me out, especially because I have a phobia of weird faces. Mm-hmm. She definitely like every time she's like right at your screen where she's supposed to be in your face and creepy and weird and eating weird things like oh, an alien. God. It just oh oh my god! Her it gave me gold. like oh yeah, oh. Just me giving the heebie-jeebies like one hundred percent. That makes me want to bring some, something up real quick. So mm. this took me forever to realize, but her staff right. Um, I through the entire movie, I kept wondering why there was like this big hunk of like clay-looking material on it. Oh, um, I just realized it the other day. It's the jaw from the hobo she killed, because you oh, can see the teeth yeah. still on it. Yeah, it is. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no! I thought she like, just ripped out a bunch of teeth. I didn't think she took the whole jaw. Yeah, it's like, like holy crap! This is Power Rangers. <laughs> Holy crap! Oh, Dude, that! Oh my god! See, she that, me again, so yeah, I think, and she was supposed to. Um, yeah. But again, for me, that kind of goes back to how I felt like it was written by different people because you get like that modern first point of view crash. You got the intergalactic thing in the beginning, and then you got like mild horror film, <laughs> <laughs> like with Rita Repulsa. And I'm just like, who? Like, yeah, like I said, it's it, it's. I, it needed like one more pass so that so that it kind of tied everything together tone, tonally. Like mm. I needed like one more. That's why I mean like I need more one more writing team to bring it together tonally and a writing team that will just or a team that just be like, hey, let's not put, let's let's hi and we know we like that song, but somebody just needed to go, hey, can we do a build up rather than like in your face. Hey, I know this is kind of horror movie sequence on this part. Could we add that to earlier scenes so that if I got that horror movie like point of view like the Rita has in the beginning, um uh Rita has when when she's like eating fish and, you know, coming back to life, so to speak. 
if I had that tone, like in the beginning, where it's intergalactic war, if that tone was mixed in a little more, fine. Mm. Totally get the, the, it'll totally help tie the movie together again for me. But I think that's what I mean when I feel like this movie is just really disjointed. There's a lot of like different tones there. Um, but kind of just going back to about what I, the point I was making about Rita's actress, uh, Elizabeth Bang playing Rita. I totally get that they wanted to get like a big name character actor and Elizabeth Banks may have been like number one on her list and surprise she actually said yes, which was incredible. Um, the flip side of that too is like, you know, they could, Power Rangers casting has always been multicultural, multiracial. Mm-hmm. And, and what I'm, and to, to all those people who are like, you know, it's too social justice warrior diversity or it's not enough like diversity. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> do you not know how Power Rangers casts? It, it, it's, it's one of the few franchises that actively gets a 100% diverse cast. And mm-hmm. there, none of the storylines in Power Rangers is super focused on what the person's race is, what the person's cultural background is. Sometimes they get it right, sometimes they get it wrong um, in terms of like how they adapt things from the original Japanese, culturally-wise. But it's one of those, like, it's Power Rangers is one of the few series that actually does try and does kind of get it right sometimes, and it's not perfect, and neither is this movie. Um, but Power Rangers diversity is not a hill to die on, so to speak. It's it's mm. really not, because it's a lot better than, say, you know, I, I understand there was a concern about, you know, Becky G, who is Latinx, who is a Latina, and she's playing Trini Kwan, and they did, they didn't change the last name Kwan, and whether or not that's true, because Becky G says her last name wasn't Kwan, and it was never mentioned in the movie, but the IMDb still listed as Trini Kwan, so who knows, um... But, and I understand that concern, especially when people were mentioning, like, you know, Emma Stone playing a character whose last name is Nguyen. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, mm-hmm. I can understand why people were concerned that Becky G was playing a character with the last name Kwan, but comparing it to how, you know, Power Rangers itself as a franchise has been pretty good about its diversity versus, like, say, that one standoff movie that was really tone deaf about who you should cast with a last name like Nguyen. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's a little, it's like, again, it's not, it's not a hill to die on. Like, and you, and you do miss out on a lot of what Power Rangers does have to offer and that franchise has to offer in terms of how diverse his cast is when you split hairs in this regard. There's other more, also there's arguably more influential things in terms of diversity you could argue on than Power Rangers' franchise. Like, as someone who's yeah. also Asian American, who also can like, you know, cares about issues like that, mm-hmm. especially when you do have a well-rounded Asian American character as Zach Taylor, <laughs> like, yeah. guys, not a hill to die on, and I will come at me because <laughs> of that. Like, I, it's really, it, it, yeah, it's just not. I mean, Power Rangers is one of the few franchises that gets it right. Sorry, go ahead, Brian. Well, I mean, I was just going to say, especially in the case with <clears throat> with Trini and Zach, that like they don't actually have their last names mentioned. 
mm-hmm. uh, in the movie, from what I remember. I know Trini's in. Was Zach's mentioned? No, no. Zach's wasn't no. mentioned either. So, it, unless it's in the credits and I missed it, which I didn't think it was. I don't uh, think so either. Like, it, it's just kind of one of those things where, okay, you can argue, but there's nothing saying it is or it isn't, since it's not actually in the the movie. I mean, if more stuff comes out, we get, like, a director's cut and it's mentioned there, or or something else like that, then sure, argue away, I suppose, but... If it's not specifically there, I just kind of feel like it's sort of a moot point. Yeah. Again, yeah. it's like it's it's not a hill to die on. Yeah. Like Power Rangers like... diversity has also been, always been really good, and it was the intention yeah. to swap them around. They always swap them around, especially yeah. because somebody mentioned a long, long time ago that original MMPR, you had an African American person playing the Black Ranger, you had an Asian American person playing the Real Ranger. Ah, that's a little concerning. Somebody brought that up, and they've been swapping them out ever since. They fixed it in, like, second half of Mighty Morphin. Yeah. <laughs> you know? They were quick to do that. And especially, yeah. like, in a month where we had stuff like Iron Fist and Ghost in the Shell that had a lot of that controversy as well. Yeah, seeing I mean... A mo- seeing Power Rangers, like... With with, le- a- with really good reason. Like, not yeah. not just to call it a controversy. They had legitimate reasons. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was no. real bad. Right, exactly. I'm just saying, like... Amongst all of those, like Power Rangers, did diversity, like Better. I felt it did it right. Uh, yeah. I felt it's not perfect, but I mean it. It did what no one else is doing right now. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's it's they they did good. <laughs> they, <basically laughs> they did good by comparison to like Iron Fist and Ghost in the Shell. They did good, and that's like I said, it's the franchise's diversity mm-hmm. is never was never a huge issue in the first place. It was the first right. time you get to actually see just you as a hero. Yeah. In these, and, and plus that they added, you know, people on the, on the autistic spectrum, people who are LGBTQ, uh, I, uh, as well, like people who like single parenting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. It's, it's, it's fantastic. It's always been in that. And it's always been like that. So. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts as we finally close things out? Um, I really hope this movie gets a sequel. Me too. They have a six-story arc. I mean, it's there. They have an arc, but it's not been performing fantastically. Are you talking about domestically or overseas? Overall. Because mm. the way Lionsgate's work is um, they don't fund 100% of the movie. So the movie has a $100 million budget. But what they do is they will sell off the rights to the movie in most overseas territories except for like the UK. So they have already made back their investment of the movie because they only paid out of pocket $25 But going forward, you kind of need the movie to do well in other countries. So those distributors can come back and be like, hey, uh, we'll pay for a sequel. But in a lot of the territories that opened, it did not do very good. So right now, you kind of have to look at South Korea, China, and Japan as big places where it can do really, really well. And I really want it to do well because this is, yeah. hands down, my favorite movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> what, like, like, just actually just to close this out, especially, like, like I said, I really wish I saw this movie with your eyes because, you know, I fully accept that it can also be just because i saw the 95 movie really recently and for me that's one of my favorite movies of all time like the 95 power rangers movies just gets me 
And I guess I could also, on the flip side, I can also understand maybe where other people came from. We're like, there's not enough action in like the new Power Rangers. I'm like, did you see the 95 movie recently? Because you should just watch that if you want that. Just watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my recommendation to anybody who might be like old person grumpy like me. Just watch the 95 movie. Yeah, nope. with, uh, with the older movie, with a lot of tokusatsu rather, I, um, you know, I like it, but with the caveat that I know it's not perfect or like fantastic but with power rangers it's like i love it and i will defend most of it like to the death because (laughs) in in my eyes it's such a well-made movie Mm. Mm. what was it the thing like i guess let's close it out like what was the thing that really just solidified it for Um, you like the cast was they brought the characters to life um Mm. i cried at a power rangers movie like that same that was (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, which part like, did you cry? Like, Brian, uh, which part did you cry? Campfire scene and Billy's death, which is hilarious because, like, <laughs> Billy's death scene, it's like, you know he's going to be fine. Yeah, you but know he's coming back. But you're still sitting there going, oh my god. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I started tearing up as they were, like, carrying his dead body and stand by you. That was so well started. done, though. Like, it that was. entire scene was so good. <laughs> yeah, I... For me, the parts that got to me the most were, like, as far as, like, emotionally was definitely Zach's story, like, in the campfire mm-hmm. scene. And right after Billy, like, came back to life, um, that moment where Billy and Jason just, like, hug. And you, you could tell that Jason is, like, so glad that his friend is alive now. And Billy, like, before in the, in the beginning of the movie, Billy was, like, um, Billy gets hugged by Jason before, and he's like, "Don't touch me! Can you yeah. stop touching me?" But in this one, like, he's such like they're such like bros now that it's just like they went through a traumatic experience, and you know, they're connecting like this. That just really got me. Mm. And um, sort of following up on that, like, as far as traumatic experiences with Billy goes, I think my favorite scene in the movie was like the whole you know, st- you know, keep your ground. When they're getting pushed into the oh, into the God, pit, yes. and yes. Billy, at the start of the movie, that Billy would have been freaking out, wanting to get out of there. But here, he's just like, "Thank you for being my friends." And like uh, it hit me so oh, hard. Uh, such a good, uh. Like, okay, this a movie called Power Rangers has no business being this good. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. I agree. Like, I am there. Like. Like for a franchise where the the Zord battles are usually very cut and dry, very mm-hmm. monotonous, like very repetitive, the fact that the individual sword fights was probably my, one of my favorite action scenes in the whole movie. Like seeing them, yeah, because yeah, like they actually, I don't know, it felt like especially they were that, mobile, that whole, they could do stuff. Yeah, like that hold the line scene specifically, like seeing them all wanting to protect everything that they know and love and willing to die with each other. Like I've never seen a sword battle with that much meaning to it. Yeah. Like and it's not just that they're willing to die. It's like they're willing to die with each other. Each other. Like that makes yeah. it, that makes it okay. After them being so antagonistic towards each other in the beginning. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. See, like, okay. yeah, sure, yeah. Sure. It's been 11 days, but they've really connected. <laughs> 11 days. It's only been 11 days. Also uh, like, yeah. like go, just real quick going up on a sword action. I loved seeing Zack mow down the putties with his with his sword. That was so cool. <laughs> like you would never see that in the show. 
it's the one thing people ask. Like, why don't they just get in the Zord and just mow down the plays in the beginning? It's like, like well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and it works so well. Oh, I'm so glad you guys liked it so much. That makes me really happy. Like, yeah, like I said, like I 100 person like get that I'm the old grumpy person. Like, <laughs> I get it. I totally get it. And yeah. for me, I think that's okay. Like, no, that's honestly okay. In terms of like, I know there are other people who are like snarkier than I am, um, well, I mean, and wish things were different. Opinions. I mean, Sorry, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just being a person. Being a person's okay. Uh, Sometimes. But no, that's what I... <laughs> uh, but yeah, but I really... Uh, I am going to definitely try to watch the movie again. I'm going to try. And see mm-hmm. if I could be less grumpy and try to see it again through George's eyes. Because <laughs> oh. I know, because I 100% understand. And, and like I said, like for me, I was probably seeing like the story beats a little too clearly and uh you know the the cinematography a little too clearly and i and i wish that there were a lot more meteor nuances and pieces that they had um mm. but if i flip it back to if this is just a story of just a bunch of teenagers with literally attitude <laughs> then it did its job like it was meant to be like it was there what if that's what the uh if that was the point of that movie, and that's why it's told to tell these, um, the story of these teenagers that have attitude and thrown into a traumatic experience, mm-hmm. fine. I think it did its job. It, it got it got me there, right. so to speak. Um, really interesting ending, though, that I knew that they were going to mention Green Ranger. Yeah. Just as a hypo, like just a hypothetical. Do you, I know the cast has said. It would be really cool if the Green Ranger was a girl. <laughs> um, Do you me, agree? Me and it would be cool, but me and Yas actually have like a bit of a theory that it would be Zach. What? Like the comic? Well, you think so? Well, well, like the whole it's probably super unrealistic, and I'm fully aware of that. The whole <laughs> idea is like you know Zach's mom is sick, so what if you know? his mom dies in the second movie and that alienates him from the rest of the group. Like he gets to a place emotionally where he can't connect and like that makes him vulnerable to Rita and Hey, he's the green ranger. Cause you know, that almost happened in the comics, you know, Rita wanted to use him. So what if they mirror that? Zach instead of, yeah. Like oh. what if they it bring would be in really a, interesting? A, like I, it was one of those things that I, I, what I like about the power ranger just franchise in general. And I think we'll just close it out here is that, if you if you want campiness in a movie that has all the big cinematic action film, watch the '95 movie. It still holds up. Yeah. Uh, if you want like modern retelling of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers with stakes and like a little bit more like nuanced, fleshy out storyline thingy, majig me me, I, that's what I want. I completely read the Boom Studios comics because I think Kyle Higgins really gets that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. Like if you want that modern, yeah, modern <laughs> storytelling with some stakes. And and Nick Bush, our, our one of our other senior staff writer, and does the comics corner, definitely brought up like now that they brought an alternative universe kind of situation to the comics, I'm like, I want a Crisis of Infinite Power Rangers. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> I want to see that fight. I definitely oh want to see god. that fight. Wouldn't that be rad? So if you want that, like again, I wanted more intergalactic war. I wanted more stakes. I wanted more nuance to my storyline. I wanted a therefore to my end. Then, yeah. 
I'll read the Boom Boom Studios Power Rangers comics line. And I do, and I love it. When you want like teenage when you want teenagers with attitude, you got best movie of all time, George, <laughs> watching the two thousand seven Power Rangers movie. No, can you just imagine like if the movie somehow does kick off a franchise? I can totally see them making a prequel based on Zordon's era. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Didn't someone um, mention that? Like someone I don't know if it's Dean or whatever, it's like they would love to tell that story at some point. Yeah. yeah. Whether I, whether it's through movies or through a comic or something like that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of story there. There yeah. is a lot of story. Intergalactic War is a ho- like a hella good story, especially in the Power Rangers universe. F yeah, get like the in space kids in there. Uh, and you, you can probably mirror it really well with you know Tommy because Rita is probably the sixth ranger on her team, so she came in there late. Yeah. She probably always felt like an outsider, so yeah. Tommy could be like, you know, Rita's like the what if. Tommy's like. Well, he does fit in, so that yeah, would be a really I, interesting love, story. To yeah, cover. I really love that story. Yeah, I like that idea. All right, so we have a lot of things to possibly look forward to. So I'll I'll help with domestic sales and go watch it again in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go I'll go for number four at some point. Yeah, I'll go for number three. I'm going for number three soon. Oh uh, man! Quick note: This is the first movie I've seen in theaters in five years. Saw it on opening day. Saw it second time like three days later. <laughs> I, That's how good George thinks it was. I <laughs> saw it. I saw it at the premiere on Wednesday, and I came home technically Friday morning because I got in at like one a.m. And then I saw it that evening with some friends, and then <laughs> the following Tuesday I saw it again. And now I'm gonna go see it with my well, dad nice at some it. point. So <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, it's nice to see it like not just a gravel at the bottom at the front row. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was, was the best part. Oh my god. I'm like, cool, I can actually see it this time. <laughs> so that's what's going on on the right side of the screen. Yeah. Oh, that was Rita. So that's where Rita went. <laughs> like, oh, right. she was the Green Ranger. <laughs> oh, so that, so that was the Krispy Kreme. Uh... <laughs> we will buy a donut now. Um, all right, guys. Thanks so much for joining me. Sorry I was super grumpy. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> it was a nice balance. Yeah. <laughs> you think so? Or just grumpy? I was just a grumpy old lady. Nah, um, I think you brought up good points. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm glad. I'm yeah. glad I wasn't. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you guys for joining <laughs> me. Uh, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye. 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 Tokenet Podcast is the official podcast of the Tokusatsu Network, your best resource for official Tokusatsu news and media. This episode was produced and edited by Yasin Bulhan, with theme song by Kevin McLeod. If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on your favorite podcasting platform, such as iTunes or Stitcher. It helps other Tokusatsu fans find us, and it really does help out the show. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash where, if you're at the Common Rider level, you can get early access to this episode's and our future podcast episodes, plus extra rewards. Team Tokenet will always be online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and of course, our website, tokusatsunetwork.com. Go, go, go!